0: Welcome to the Bishop and Vicars. I am uh, Bishop Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane in Washington. Joining me are our three vicars uh, who help uh, guide and administer the diocese. We have Father Darren Connell, Vicar General and Rector of Formerly a Bishop White Seminary, uh, but at Our Lady of Lords um, removed the cathedral.
1: No, but the cathedral.
0: <laughs> and uh, Father um, Brian Mee, the vicar for finance, uh, might be at Saint Peter's still when you hear this, but uh, he'll be on his way over you're to Saint, Saint Augustine's.
2: Augustine's. Or I might be gone from there by mm-hmm. the time you hear this. Probably.
0: <laughs> oh, That's knows? right, because we saw that three-wheel bicycle. And Erasmus, <laughs> you're a big parrot. Are um, with you. And then we have Father uh, Pat Kirst from St. <laughs> Mary's in Spokane Valley and soon to be at St. Thomas More. Father Kirst is the Vicar of Priests. We like to talk about uh, marriage. Now, here we are, um, a bishop and three, three men. So, yeah. uh, we will be honest that those who know most about marriage are those of you who are actually married husbands and wives. Uh, Many, many years, some just a few years, and maybe some uh, if it didn't work out. But the church has a very uh, profound and um, joy-filled theology of marriage that comes to us from Christ himself, our Savior. And I'm going to ask Father Mee to uh, address that uh, man with uh, a great uh, interest in sacramental theology. Uh, I don't think the church fathers, have they written anything on uh, marriage that you can recall?
2: Well, I think they probably did, but marriage came in later as a sacrament. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't immediately recognized, although certainly the importance given to marriage, the first miracle recorded mm-hmm. in John is the marriage feast of Cana. And the church certainly always understood the church's marriage to Christ. And the marriage between a husband and wife are to be uh, a reflection of, of that fidelity and that love, uh, that sacrificial love that Christ has for his church and that the church recipro- reciprocates towards Christ.
1: Uh, picking up on that, uh, if I
2: might. You, um, that was good, wasn't it? You liked it. Was, it was good. It's, oh, thank you. That's eschatological, it, too. Because believe it or not, it reminds me of
1: <laughs> of the kind of gifts that people give to uh, married couples. You, they get their toasters and their vegematics and their... <laughs> Blenders and their blankets and pillows and... Donations to their honeymoon trip. All that kind of yeah. stuff. But the gift that I encourage uh, for people in my own family who get married... Um, is, an the, uh, is an
2: endowment Mother to the Mother Church, Church Lord of of In Lures. addition to the endowment, I,
1: ask, I give them a crucifix and ask them to uh, hang it up uh, in their new home together as soon as possible because of that uh, theology which Father me so eloquently introduced to us that the the kind of love that exists between a man and wife is the kind of love that Christ shows for the church which is ultimately a sacrificial love and sacrifice it seems to me is the is the the heart and center of any uh, vocation but particularly for married couples involves everything from taking out the garbage to um, you know raising children together and and all those
2: sacrifices that are uh, that are involved in that and and to be able could to look, i add one point to your crucifix can
1: i finish to be able to look at the crucifix uh <laughs> um, you sit down <laughs> objection <laughs> to look at the crucifix at, at, in a prominent place in the family home reminds them of the love that they are to show to one another and to their show now go ahead with your uh,
0: <laughs> i'm sure a terribly additional point <laughs> well just but sem- make it quick. Sem- quick
2: i will make it quick because i think many might be familiar with this but that whole uh the bishop asked about the church fathers, and one of their images they loved was uh, Christ on the cross. They refer to him as sleeping in the garden as Adam slept in the garden. As Adam was in the garden and as he slept, uh, from his side was taken Eve, his bride. And from the cross, uh, Christ on the cross from his side is flows blood and water, which is an image of the church. So that that whole connection. And again, back to Uh, You know, sometimes we think of a marriage, a husband and wife, well, it's just between the two of them, but it's a very, uh, the reason for there being a public marriage and a witness by the church is recognizing that they are a primary symbol of that love of Christ in his church.
0: With, um, because of this great theology uh, that is not just theoretically, but, theoretical, but uh, actually lived and articulated in the lives of men and women, Uh, The church, uh, in preparation, has a number of programs. In the the 30 years that uh, I have been witnessing weddings, both as a priest and as a bishop, primarily of uh, former students, that I taught, um, I have seen uh, the preparation begin with— the emphasis was on the smaller groups and parishes, but uh, later on it seems it's more the retreat experience, the engaged encounter, my um, first year I came to the diocese, we had our first uh, Spokane Walk for Life, and uh, I met um, a man who came up to me, and I spoke about this in, in the last year on one of the radio programs in the old format, but there was um, uh, a family very good f- uh, and close to Father Kirst, and so we were invited to the house, and. Um, uh, Father uh, Jeff Lewis was there and Father Pat Kurtz. And Pat, why don't you talk a little bit about kind of your work in Engaged Encounter and what you have found to be fulfilling and, and its importance and and how it is an opportunity for us as the church uh, to support and strengthen uh,
3: marriages before they even occur. Well, just said everything I was going to say oh. so I could do that. No, Engage Encounter movement is is very powerful. It was born of the Marriage Encounter movement back in the 70s. I think Engage Encounter actually got up and running in the 80s early on. Um, it's really meant to be a piece of a, a a larger approach to marriage preparation for young couples and also some older couples that take advantage of it as well. And, and we do encourage uh, priests and deacons who are working with couples who are preparing to be married to uh, consider living an Engage Encounter weekend. Uh, in collaboration with what's happening on the local level in a parish, and which happens in a variety of ways, but hopefully the engaged encounter experience works to accentuate and, and deepen and, and facilitate a lot of the themes that are being dealt with by couples in those important months before they enter into the sacrament of marriage. And and it's a group experience, so there's that added advantage of young couples who are kind of in the same boat, getting to come together and and talk about things about about married life about. Uh, being prepared for marriage, about how to deal with family and so forth, and and of course it's all done within the context of prayer and faith and the and the church's rich teaching about marriage. And so I think uh, couples that do take advantage of engage encounter. I find it to be a very fruitful part of their preparation. Hopefully they're invited to even participate in the movement afterwards as the engaged encounter community gathers uh, those couples who wish to continue to continue to enrich their marriages and then present the weekends uh, into the future. And And there are s- uh, several priests of our diocese who help with those weekends, myself included, and and. Uh, with their dedication, as well as the dedication of the married couples who work with it, it's it's really a powerful witness in our diocese to the importance we give to the sacrament of marriage.
0: I don't know with uh, with the uh, the priest here, but from my uh, experience, there was always usually if there was one of the the the, the um, bride or the groom to be, um, th- if it, there was a reluctance to go on this weekend, uh, usually but was by the uh, the groom, yeah. but. Every time afterwards, the response was, "I enjoyed it. It was important because there were questions raised, kind of in a neutral environment that they hadn't discussed, and um, it allowed them the opportunity uh, to talk about it and to have guidance from couples who have been at this. Who really, my my, uh, I'm tremendously grateful to those uh, couples that lead these weekends, as well as the Marriage Encounter weekends, because they're sharing some some personal and very private information about the challenges and the blessings of of married life. And our young people in this throwaway culture that so often Pope Francis addresses, uh, we don't like something, we get rid of the person, we get rid of the marriage. Um, it It's about permanence. And as we talked about uh, maybe in an earlier show, the gift that we give to God that models his love to us is our fidelity. And fidelity takes place in our vocations whether it's to priesthood or to religious life but in a very special way the fidelity of of marriage at a time and in a place in our culture when as we know sadly marriage is being redefined it's seen as unnecessary and you know we there's tremendous beauty in those that have uh lived a life uh of sacrifice and i think in the Old homily, uh, Father Me would remember this. He's he's ordained almost uh, The exhortation. Yes, the exhortation. It talked about about sacrifice being irksome, and um, I know many people have talked to me about you being irksome, uh, uh-huh. but um, but it's with only with love, and uh, that is. Remember, that it says too. Uh, remember,
2: God will not be found wanting in your need. Mm. In that exhortation, that's a beautiful line.
0: That might be a, a, a coat of arms uh, for um, whoever goes to, co- oh, yeah, I, I, or if, Juno. I'd like to say
1: one more thing about um, uh, Engage Encounter that's kind of a backhanded compliment, I guess, but I've known couples who have gone on, not many, uh, but who have come home from Engage Encounter and decided to postpone their marriage. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, they really raised some issues for us that we really need to kind of unpack, if you will, uh, before we um, go any further in terms of this uh, commitment.
0: And that's why it's important if uh, the engagement counter occurs first and not two weeks before the wedding because of all the efforts of the wedding coordinator to put on the perfect production to outdo the neighbors. And we'll address that when we get back. Thank you. Whoever wishes to be my follower must deny his very self, take up his cross each day, and follow in my steps.
3: Lord, help me not to be afraid of self-denial and the cross. Give me the grace to follow you today.
0: Welcome back. We're talking about uh, marriage, and particularly uh, in the past, uh, marriage—the months of where most weddings took place—were June, July, and August. I found from um, my experience that most uh, young people uh, want to get married in September and October. I don't know if that's the case here in. Um, in Spokane. But um, there's other things that have happened uh, with weddings. One of the things that when I was uh, the priest for St. Vincent's School for Boys, which was a beautiful, I think you might call it Spanish colonial style, set on 500 acres in-
1: Run by the Sulpicians? Uh
0: No, no, no. Run by the Archdiocese of San Francisco, commonly known as Goa. Um, the um, w- There would be couples that might not be married at St. Vincent's, uh, but they would want to take photographs in the beautiful courtyard or outside of that. And I know that uh, Father Connell uh, uh, at the cathedral has spoken about something similar when he's looking right. out the window about mm, maybe one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, uh, still watching cartoons, I guess. And uh, they're reruns of, reruns, of documentaries
1: yeah. from uh, uh, Mutual of Omaha. Uh, uh, Wild, Wild Kingdom. Wild Kingdom right? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll sit there in the afternoon on, uh, in these months, May, June, July, and August, and um, see a, a limousine pull up and... This uh, motorcade, if you will, and uh, all these bridesmaids and groomsmen pile out with the groom and a bride, and I. My first thought is, at least when this, when I first noticed this, I was thought I had a wedding and I forgot about it. But what what happens uh, at the cathedral often enough is that people get married uh, elsewhere in the backyard, on the gondola, down by the river, whatever. But they pile into the car and come up to the cathedral and get their photos taken on those massive granite steps of the cathedral. As, uh, the building is is a you know a substantial building as, as Archbishop Vigano the, that's at right, the time Annuncio, the Annuncio, who installed that. me. It's a beautiful uh, substantial building, and and so people will come and, and use the church as kind of a backdrop for their photos, and then they climb back into the limos and go off to the reception. And just it, it just struck me that that one of my disappointments, I guess, about where we're going with regard to marriage is that. Uh, too many people are looking at the church as a backdrop for the, the wedding rather than the place in which that, that celebration, that sacrament is celebrated. Uh, and this is something that even our Catholic people don't understand is wh- why, why do we require people to be married in the church? And we need to be better at getting out the message that, that a church building is a sacred place set apart for worship of God. Uh, it's not like any other place. Uh, It's dedicated solely for the worship of God. Uh, Whereas a riverbank isn't, a gondola isn't, the backyard isn't. The uh, country club. The country club is not. Um, And so it's important to have sacred places that are set apart. The symbol uh, of that, of course, is that the marriage is a sacred institution uh, whose whose author uh, is God himself. And it's important then to to uh, celebrate that sacrament in the place dedicated for worship uh, of of God, where the community gathers. Our parish
0: churches. Uh, Father me, you um, probably, uh, as pastor of St. Peter's and now uh, moving to uh, St. Augustine's, um, probably have dealt with – Wedding coordinators along the way severely, severely, I deal with them severely. <laughs> That's right, as you do most of the people. <laughs> everyone, assigned, everyone, <laughs> <Anyone>. <laughs> um, Tell me a little bit about kind of your experience and some of your concerns and your hopes um, for. Um, well, my
2: concern would be, I think, um, what can happen is for wedding for couples. I first of all, going back to what Father Connell said, I think it's very important that it happens on sacred ground. It's a sacred event. It's not like any other event. Uh, Therefore, it should be at a sacred place like a church. But I think uh, weddings so often seem to be built on distractions. And Mm. I mean, you're talking about this attraction of this man and woman towards one another. Um, But the ceremony, or not the ceremony itself, but everything around it is so often a distraction. You begin with rehearsal dinners. And there's limousines, and there's flowers, and photographers, and don't forget to get a pedicure. And how about the manicure? And my hair styling has to be done. Receptions if you afterwards, have dozens of bridesgrooms, and groomsmen, and a partridge and a pear tree. And, you know, there's no end to it. And it goes into the marriage itself. And what happens is rather than the man and woman uh, being able to see one another, they see all of these other distractions. And I think they begin to see... Uh, marriage is something that's to be filled with things as, uh, rather than they are the fulfilling of one
3: another. Hmm. On the positive side,
2: (laughs) I don't have many weddings. We've all had weddings that
3: we, that we have thought have been great. And by great, we're all going to say that they've been faith filled, that they've been prayerful, that they've been based upon the love of God that's reflected in the love of this man and woman who are pledging their love to one another and are showing their love to those they've invited to share that day with them. So my favorite wedding of all time, I didn't have the privilege of officiating, but I was invited to be a guest. of uh, a friend of mine uh, from Minnesota and I went back for his name's John and he uh, was to be married to a young lady named Margaret. And uh, rather than Margaret hiding in a room so John couldn't see her before the wedding, see her dress and all this, uh, they, they were the greeters at their wedding. And it was going to be within the context of Mass, so they were at the doors of the church greeting all their guests, thanking them for coming to join them this day. Uh, full church. They processed in together. No bridesmaid. no... I'm not saying these are bad things, but this was just my experience of a, a great wedding from my perspective. They processed in right behind the altar servers and the crossbearer and, and right in front of the deacon and priest. And, and during the Mass, they just sat in the front pew uh, with their families and then uh, so the show wasn't about them. the show was about God and uh, how God was bringing them together here. They were the lectors at the mass. they were the Eucharistic ministers at the mass and uh, took up the collection. They did not take up a collection and, uh, the, and the
0: annual appeals <laughs> which every pair should make mm-hmm. and it's due and
3: and, and so I, I mean I I was I have to admit this, everybody quit laughing, but I was pretty much in tears at that wedding and how beautiful this You're was. in I tears think. now. You I'm tears cry now, at Lassie
0: that, reruns. <laughs>
3: yeah, he's all out of love. This is the next thing he's going to be singing. <laughs> you cried when Old Yeller died. Come on. Stop it. Toy Story 3. do we have a break coming up? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a- uh, Where uh, do you go from there? Um,
0: mm-hmm. um, I think I know it. I can talk about the time when I, I was pastor of a little country church and- uh, word got to me that they wanted to have as the maid of honor, uh, Schnooki or something that was a Schnauzer. They were uh, uh,
1: oh Schnooki the Schnauzer.
0: Yeah, it was some like they wanted the dog to come. The rings to be on a little saddle. I've seen that. It's beautiful. This, I, I, a little leather saddle. Well, I don't know what it was. I wasn't doing oh. the wedding. I, I but it was it was just as it would follow me. It spent a, a few minutes talking about. We have to uh, support our young people, but somehow we have to sort through the latest uh, craze uh, to outdo someone. There was an article, or or as you would say, Father, a piece in the Wall Street Journal. Searing. About- about, um, Incisive. Incisive. Riveting. Yeah, okay. And uh, this article said that a family decided this couple uh, to cut their wedding guest list from 300, I don't know, to 50, and they flew them to a foreign country, and they had this- big bash for a wedding, and I don't know if there was any religious aspect of it, but it just seems that we are—this is a sacrament in our faith, um, and a sacrament, uh, as, as a definition that Father Pat Chris often quotes, is a tangible encounter with the risen Christ. Uh, a little bit different from a more standard thing, but I think it is we're encountering Christ and we want to support our couples, but maybe somehow we—I don't know, we need to have a support group for those who have dealt with some— um, the clipboard, the headset coordinators who uh, are not working on um, halftime at the Super Bowl, but are assisting in uh, a couple who are already stressed. But I think the, the beauty and the grace of the sacrament should have what, uh, what we would call uh, noble simplicity. Uh, that's a noble phrase. Noble simplicity. Yes. Know, how
2: often have you heard from a couple? Finally, they they get to a point where they're just anxious to have it all done mm-hmm. and be the day after the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks of how uh, cluttered we can make the yes. celebration. One of
1: the most edifying things I've ever seen um, when I do weddings, and it's happened more than once, is that you mentioned the day after. You go through the whole wedding ceremony, the reception, and at the 9 o'clock mass next day on Sunday or the 11 o'clock mass, that couple is there.
0: Mm-hmm before they board the Greyhound to go t- to um, to the Catskills for uh, their rehearsal. Oh no, excuse it's me, their, their called honeymoon, 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 that's oh, right. right. Yeah. Can um, we talk about honeymoons? No, this is No, this is a family well, I mean. show. Yes. <laughs> oh no. no and not uh, but um, <laughs> Fa- but, actually, but most what? people don't know that Father Me worked as uh, a wedding singer. Wedding <laughs> singer. Yes. at, uh, Mon- at Oh, no. That that. Mon-ter- no, no, please. This was, uh, you were a wedding uh, singer. At, at You performed at the reception. They'll be calling, at,
2: they'll be calling no. me wanting to book okay. me. And at Stonehaven Country Club.
0: We did karaoke air supply. I'm all out of love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we've uh, we taught enough about something that uh, we know very little about. Oh no, but, no, but <laughs> what, uh, I
2: don't. we have a break, and then, then I, there is oh, something I think we need good. to talk
0: about. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take a little break, and then, uh, again, the it will be down again. the bishop and one vicar. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We asked people
2: all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked.
0: I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah.
1: We've actually organized a date night tonight.
0: I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast.
1: Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey.
0: What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org, a message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. We are talking about uh, marriage and um, the many experiences of weddings but I think uh, as we we were talking about before we had the break uh, so much goes into the planning of, of a wedding that it can become overwhelming and at the the de- next day when the couple really almost breathe the size of, of relief that um, all that went through it is now over as they say what is it the wedding is a day and the marriage is a lifetime and I think that is in it very true and also, uh, a call to reflect uh, about how we as a church um, support our newly married couples. Um, for those who struggle in their marriage, or maybe it's been rocked, we have what? Retrovi, uh, which is ecumenical, I believe. A German word, isn't it? Uh, I don't know <laughs> that. Uh, but I know <laughs> as the Retrovi is advertised in the, um, the Delta Sky magazine. Hmm. So it's not just uh, for, um, you, you, I mean, I've obviously. Never no, because you're on the Southwest cattle car. But um, <laughs> yeah. anyway, we um, – uh, tell and us it, about – being on United. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, we're losing sponsors here. Yes, right here. left and right. Um, what about uh, – you were talking, Father me about kind Money of the distractions moves? and and uh, maybe uh, you said that at the break that uh, hopefully maybe a couple can make a pledge uh, to really spend time uh, together. You see it uh, – you know, I remember – being at um, restaurants and you'll see a, a couple and they're not you know different ages and one has a cell phone and the other has a cell phone and they're not speaking to one another and uh, with this kind con- this constant need to be distracted is there a way we could help and suggest to younger couples um, uh, opportunities that maybe they can be less distracted by technology and emails and Snapchat and whatever Father Connell's frequently, okay. uh, you're always tweeting, um, aren't you?
1: My family uses uh, I don't Instagram. 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 That's
2: what I think Instagram. Yeah. Well, I think the, um, I was talking before about as far as there should really be, the emphasis should be on the attraction of the man and woman mm-hmm. and how weddings can become distractions in themselves. And why I did want to talk about honeymoons that all of you poo-pooed me on was the fact of it gives you a couple an opportunity to move away from all distractions and just come to know one another and i think even the first year of marriage what uh, if they could make some sort of pledge to one another that um all of the unnecessary technology so whatever that would be would be something that they would abstain from because It's like if uh, there's too much noise in a room, they're not going to be hearing each other speak. If there's too many visual uh, images on TVs or on uh, computers or whatever else, are they really going to see one another? And they have to grow in that seeing and perceiving of one another. So, um, again, I guess it would be just, I think, one of the biggest issues today for, for most people, but certainly for married couples, is... They can become so distracted that they they lose that attraction for one another. Hmm.
0: Father Kurtz, your thoughts on? Um, I mean, you having worked with engaged encounter and um, you know knowing couples all those years, that that uh, what do you find is there uh, something that you could give suggested advice? Because again, uh, people I remember teaching school and a student said. Uh, we were talking about the sacrament of marriage. He said, in all due respect, Father, what do you know about marriage? And I kind of stopped and I said, um, you know, you're right. Um, I still had him expelled, I remember, at the end of the day. <laughs> but um, he brought up a good point. But we do have the advantage uh, and the blessings of knowing a number of couples who oftentimes come to us and just sit and we listen and, and help them sort things out and see things differently. But, um Again the lived experience uh, is something only shared by the married couple but there's so much with both working and the demands of family life but and I, I, I've often spoken about this and I still think it's very the blurring of work and home uh, even even with our, our priests it's uh, there's a time not to respond to an email I mean phone calls is it absolutely necessary? Um, and so, how do we get uh, just the kind, the the opportunities for uh, couples and families to just spend time together without having to they have a power outage or a snowstorm or ice storm, where um, you know things are knocked out, there's no technology, and. In front of the wood burning fireplace, your stove, they have to play. Um, what's that game that you guys are playing that begins with this twister? twister. Yeah. The last time you played twister, you threw your back out. <laughs> uh, actually, Gino did, I think. Right, right. yeah. It's not a pretty sight, yeah.
1: Um, Bishop, could I uh, I, I don't know how much time we have left, but I, I just want to uh, make sure to get in uh, um, a little shout out, if you will, you know. Uh, we can sometimes be uh, disappointed in some aspects of marriage today but i think it's also important to really celebrate uh, couples who have been who've lived a uh, married life for a long time and are models and witness for us i know you have asked the, us to have uh, some kind of a blessing or uh, anniversary Mass for uh, couples celebrating uh, their wedding anniversaries, and we will be doing that at the cathedral. Um, but in particular today, I just like to mention um, uh, two couples. One is uh, Dick and Chris Fisher. They are celebrating 50 uh, years married. And they they are the uh, sister and brother-in-law of Monsignor Pearson, one of our senior priests, uh, and they will be celebrating uh, this year their 50th, their golden anniversary. And then also, I'd like to cel- uh, mention my sister and brother-in-law, uh, Brian and Cami Rico. They're celebrating 25 years uh, this year, and the priest that married them was one of the finest uh, in the diocese uh, that we have right now, um, which would be yours truly, which is probably why they're still married today. So,
0: oh, thanks for that. One true. of the next uh, episodes we're going to do is, is humility. Humility. <laughs> yeah, the French spirituality. I can't of spirituality. be here. I You can't, won't be here because be be it will be just the bishop without, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Cardinal Bellou. Uh,
2: Father. Uh, I'm most proud of my humility, yes. You are. You, yes. Okay.
0: Um, well, we are, um, we're out of time, and um, we thank you for listening. And uh, at this time, I would really hope the listening audience would uh, be praying for all of our uh, families, and most especially those young men and women who will be um, being— Married this summer and in the fall, and for those uh, husbands and wives that are uh, celebrating anniversaries, and let's not forget those that, um, especially the families that are burdened and couples by, uh, you know, financial worry and the struggles of um, making ends meet and raising children today. And it's important that we uh, keep in mind those um, those words of Jesus. Um, about, come to me all you who are burdened, and uh, that we offer them our support and our prayers. And as, as your priest and as your bishop, um, the great gift and privilege we have of shepherding God's flock here in eastern Washington, let us pray together and grow in holiness. God bless and thank you.